0: Father, thank you so much for this opportunity that you've brought such great people um, and given us favor with some really spectacular people. And so we're grateful for that. We really, really, really are very grateful for that. And so, Lord, we ask that in Jesus' name there would be uh, a sense of anticipation for your word, not just for today, Lord, but even throughout this summer, Lord, that we wouldn't just kind of just sort of fade away, but that we would continue in our consistent Um, coming together so that we might hear your word and apply it to our lives and worship Jesus together. Lord, thank you for giving us one another. Thank you for the recovery house of worship. I pray, oh God, that you move in a powerful way within our own hearts and that it would become contagious. For we do pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. amen. Guys, listen to me. This message is, listen, If you've ever found yourself doing something that you thought you would enjoy, then enjoyed it and regretted it for the rest of your life, this message is for you. This message is for those who said, I won't go any farther than this and then crushed the line and went far farther than that. This message is for those who were tempted and then fall into the temptation and wonder what's wrong with me. This message is for those who are caught up and bound in a sin that they don't want to talk about with anyone because they feel ashamed that they're caught up in that sin. This message is for those who are in a situation where they know God is not leading them in that direction. God is leading them in another direction and they don't know what to do. So you want to put on your big ears on for this one. You don't want to miss what God has to say. And so if that's you, I welcome you. And if you don't think that's you, it will be someday. So listen. Listen deeply. So one of the things that we do is that we listen to God's word as it's being read, but we stand at the reading because it's like, it's like awesome. And so we stand. It's like, like we make our, our bodies believe what our minds already know, that God's word is awesome. And so we're going to read God's word together. I'm going to read verses 12 through 15, and then we'll all read verses 16 through 18 together. We're going to be looking at the book of James, chapter 1, verses uh, uh, 12 through 18. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then, after the desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. All together one, two, three. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. This is God's word. Please have a seat. So you know, Satan does not come and he does not go, hey, I want you to... Destroy your life. Have the greatest regrets that you've ever known. Break up your relationships and have you have guilt and shame pervade every moment of your life. Satan never comes in that way. You know what Satan? how Satan comes in? Satan go gets his bag of tricks. He goes, you know what? I'm going to go fishing. And he gets out his best rod. You know the rod. The one that you like. And he starts to get his bait together and tie it and hide it just so. You know the kind of hiding, the ones that you like. And he hides it just perfect, make sure that the hook's not showing. And then he puts the, that really tasty thing, mmm, and he puts it on the hook. You know the tasty thing, the one that you like. And he says, wonder how today's gonna go. Pssk. And then he sits. And he says, let's see who I can reel in. Let's see, is there any uh uh do I got a nibble? Huh? Is someone tugging on that? No? Maybe over here? Someone's tugging on that? I, I, I think I got someone. Uh. And just little by little. Oh, it's gradual at first, because you're too busy enjoying the food. You don't know that something sharper than you had the ability to sense has pierced your mouth, and what you've enjoyed is now going to enjoy you. And it starts to pull you in. Ah, uh, uh, uh. Oh, now I got him. Now I got him. And there's a fight. Yeah. And this, oh, yeah, this one's, this one's putting up a fight. But it drags you in and has you for lunch. See, that's what Satan does. Satan never comes at you with, hey, look, this is a hook. I want to kill you. I want to fry you. I want to eat you. This is the hook. Satan never does that. He gets just your flavor. He gets just your stilo. He gets just what you desire. And he puts it on. And then he goes fishing. Listen. This message is for those of us who have been caught by the hook. I'm telling you, you don't have to live there. You don't have to, that that doesn't have to be the entirety of your life. Now, I want you to know, whenever I start talking about sin and temptation, I want you to know that usually there's a a propensity for you to want to excuse whatever your sin is. If it's food, well, at least I'm not smoking crack, right? (laughs) Even the crackheads go, well, at least I'm not shooting dope in my neck. Right, and then and then the dope fiends go. Well, at least I'm not, you know, on that drug that people eat each other over. I can't remember the name of it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and it's a shame that we know the name of it, right? And um, everybody's like, oh yeah, it's this. I was like, okay, thank you. Um, listen, listen to me. Satan has just your flavor, and you think. Listen to me. You think it's a walk in the park. You think it's a snack after lunch. You think that it's wonderful and tasty and a delight and a joy. And Satan thinks, I'm going to kill. I'm going to steal. I'm going to destroy. So for those of us who are struggling in that temptation, for those of us who have seen Satan's hook and no longer want to pursue that. Now, if you're here and you're a follower of Christ, this message is for you. Because you get to see some of Satan's devices, know how he works, and then start adjusting accordingly, asking for God's help in the direction. Now listen, if you're not in Christ, this message is for you. Because now you get to see how Christians respond to temptation, and it helps you to make a more informed decision. But let me tell you the end from the beginning just in case you have to leave early. The only way, and there's only one way, the only way to get rid of a temptation is to find something better to be tempted by. Now, you know this intuitively. Ladies, is this not true? You're 16 years old, you just fell in love with somebody who's like, oh, the love of your life, and you'll never know how to love again, right? And so you're listening to Barry White songs, or depending on what generation you are, maybe right maybe Justin Bieber or whoever right and uh, and so you're listening to love songs and you you're doing all that and then your girlfriend comes by your house and goes come on girl get dressed we're going out tonight she goes no you go no i feel bad i don't want to go no 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 i know how to fix this you need to get out again and you need to be able to expose yourself to other people what is she saying she's saying what the bible already teaches that the only way to replace this affection is to find yourself with another affection. Here, beloved, listen. You could say no to your blue in the face. You'll go back. You know what my proof is that you can't fight temptation very well? You. Your experiences, right? Has anybody here ever said, you know what? I mean, something simple, like, you know what? I'm going to go to that dinner, but I'm not going to have dessert. Something as simple as that. And then somebody breaks out the cheesecake and you're like, what? I think i have just Just give me a little piece. You know, not too big. I know. And so it's me too. So, right, and so like I'm there with you. So, but, but my point is this. My point is, is that saying no is not the way to fight a temptation. You won't do it. You can't do it. You've proven it over and over. So stop trying. What we need to have happen is we need something else to overcome our affections. Our, it, the problem isn't that I'm tempted to this. The problem is that I'm too easily satisfied with this. What we want to do is we want to see something more beautiful, something more satisfying, something more delightful, something more fulfilling than that thing. That's the only way we'll overcome the temptation. And God, here's the good news. God says, I'm it. God says, I'm the thing that will satisfy. Uh, God says, I'm the banana split with the cherries on top with the extra whipped cream that has no calories, right? I'm the one, listen, God says, not only do I look beautiful, but I am beautiful and I satisfy your loneliness in the deep parts. Now watch this. God says you're trying to get satisfaction from that person, but I'm telling you, I bring such delight, I will curl your toes. I mean, I mean, it was it, it is a satisfaction that God can bring that only God can fill and only God can satisfy. He says, listen, listen, don't mess around with that little thing over there. I got something so much better for you over here. CS Lewis said it this way. It was a tremendous quote. And CS Lewis says, "It's not it would it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us." Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. See, the fact is is that it's way too much. Listen, what we wind up doing is we wind up settling. We wind up settling. And God says, no, I don't want you to settle. I want you to have it all. I want you to be satisfied in the inward parts. I want you to overflow with joy. I want, your, I want your joy to be filled to the brim, overflowing, and pouring out on others. That's the kind of joy that Jesus wants to bring. But let me tell you something. What we do is we go, no, 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 that's, that, that, that joy I'm not interested in. I'm, I, I just stay with my mud pies. It's not where God wants us. That's why James opens up this idea. Well, it's not it opened up because it actually starts in verse 2, but where where opens up the passage that we're starting with. And he says this in verse 12. Listen to this. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Now, I don't know about you, but blessed, by the way, you know, blessed does mean happy, right? Whenever you see the Beatitudes and he says, blessed is the one, he means happy is the one. Jo- you know, filled with joy is the one. That's what blessed means. I don't know about you, but I've never associated happiness with my temptation. Like the things that tempt me, and I'm talking about when I'm in Christ, right? Too too often I associate happiness with temptation. Um, But in Christ, you go, oh, no, I don't want that no more. I want Jesus. I don't want to be satisfied. I want something else. Because I know, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Whatever temptation is calling on you, whatever temptation is pulling on you, that thing that's pulling on you can never satisfy. It brings, listen to me, instant gratification eventually brings long-term suffering, and it's not something that you want to partake in. It's not something, you don't want to, listen to me, you don't want to sell tomorrow for the joy that you want to experience today. I'd rather have joy Everlasting, and it's what Christ offers, he satisfies. He says, blessed is the one. Now I go, oh, I don't know, why would you say that? Here's why. Blessed is the one, happy is the one who perseveres. So when I'm tempted and I'm fighting and I feel like my skin is crawling and I want to go to that but I don't and I'm fighting and I'm not having a good time and I'm crying and I feel like God has forsaken me, yeah, yeah, you're happy. Blessed, you're blessed. Well, wait, when the temptation comes and he's calling, I go, stop calling me, stop calling me, and I'm fighting and I want to break the phone, and he go, yeah, you're blessed, you're blessed. When When the food is in the refrigerator, and I go, oh, I feel so lonely. I'm just gonna stuff my feelings. No, no, no. no. When you decide not to do that, when you take the cake, and you said, you know what, I'm gonna flush this down the toilet. I'm not even gonna put it in the garbage because I don't know how I'm gonna feel at three in the morning. I'm gonna flush it down the toilet, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna let it go. And and the reason that I'm going to is because I'm gonna find my joy in Christ. He goes, when you're feeling the tension of that moment, when you're feeling the weight of the temptation. When you feel like you can't say no for another minute, but you hold on, got blessed, Amen. you're blessed. And this is why he says it. He goes, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because, whenever you see a because, it's going to explain the statement that he just made. Nobody ever starts a statement because. You usually say something, and then you say, it's a reason. Because, having stood the test that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord promised to those who love him. The crown of life is this, what, what, what uh, James is alluding to is in, in Olympic kind of games, you know, like where games where everybody participates and only the best, you know, rise to the top. In those games, they would give a wreath, you know, like Olympic kind of games, they would give a wreath to the person who, you know, came in first place. And there was, they call it, that's the, that's the crown they're talking about. It's the victor's crown. It's the one who's won crown. But how many people know that you don't show up to the Olympics going, you know, I think I just want to swim against the best in the world? You don't do that, right? Nobody comes into the Olympics with a pot belly, right? You know, with nachos on their fingertips, you know, drinking a couple of beers going, I think I could take these guys. Nobody does that, right? When you go to the Olympics, what that tells me about you is that you had to say no to a whole lot of things that I said yes to in order for you to find yourself there. So we're talking about when you and I are eating the nachos, sitting on our couch, watching the TV, and they're doing laps in the pool till they feel like their arms are going to fall off. There's a toil, a work, a work. A, 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 Unbelievable striving that they go through. There's a perseverance. Listen to me. Those people, those people win the crowns. See, so it's, it's at the end of the Olympics, and you've, and, and, and you've got 15 seconds, 15 seconds to perform. And then you perform, and then you won, and you're now at the gold medal stand, and you see people weeping and weeping because they realize that it wasn't that 15 seconds that put them on top of there. It was the thousands of hours of suffering that they went through in order to experience being there. Listen to me. That's why, that's why you can be happy. That's why you're blessed. Because at the, in the end, it's not the end. In the end, when you've said no to all the temptations, when you said no to all the sin, when you've endured all the things that called your name that you wanted, that you said, I can't be happy unless I get satisfied with that. When you say, I'm not going to give in to that. I'm not going to walk. I'm going to walk in faithfulness to Christ because he's, he's my delight. When you get to the end of that and you're like on your knees and the, it, the day has come and you've died and you, and you, and you, and you look up and you, and you feel a wreath on your head and you stand up and you see Jesus as the one who rewards and satisfies, as the one who fills to the brim, as the one who gives you everything that you wanted, only so much more. Yeah. Listen to me. That's why you're blessed. You're blessed because we're not living for the five-second hit here. We're living for the eternal joy that Christ... See, the problem is, is we're too easily satisfied. The problem, we did this um, experiment because we saw this, uh, university did this. Um, they said that um, you could tell how a child is going to do if you could, they did an experiment to find out uh, if a child, um, if you could tell how a child is going to end up by testing their ability to have delayed gratification, right? You know what delayed gratification is, right? Your ability to say no to something good for the sake of waiting for something better. That's delayed gratification, right? I'm going to say no to this ice cream, and I'm going to say yes to the broccoli because I want to be healthier and I want to be around for my grandkids and, you know, things like that. Right? Make sense? Okay. So they tested So we were so fascinated by it. Like eight years ago, we did the same thing. We took our kids, like the kids in your, you, you, you don't know what we do with them in nursery? This is what we do. We do experiments on them. And so, um, so we took the kids. True story. Like eight years ago. So we took the kids, and we, we sat them at the table right back there, and we sat them at the table, we left them in a room by themselves, and we got them a New York cookie that we baked ourselves. You could smell it from the kitchen. We baked this beautiful New York fat cookie, uh, chocolate chip cookie, and we put it in the middle of the plate, almost took up the whole plate, and we said, we said this to this child. We said, sweetie, we want you to know that you could have that cookie if you want. Eat it, you know, you're not going to get in trouble, but if you wait five minutes... I'll give you three of those cookies and all the milk you can drink. I'll give you three of those cookies and all the milk. You can have that one, and, 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 but that's all you get. If you eat this, if, if you wait the five minutes, I'll give you three more and all the milk you can drink." What happened next was outrageous. Some kids started to eat. Before the, before the door hit the person on the butt, some people started to eat. Some kids started to eat. Other kids started to pray. Like, like you know, just go, oh, God, help me. Oh, God. And it was like, right? Other kids, I, I, other kids were doing this, right? They were, and you can't see this on the audio. But they were putting their nose by the, by the table and just going, and just taking in the smell and just sort of taking it in, right? And, and you know what's interesting, though? What's interesting is that we did that with those kids and now eight years later we could see where they wound up and we'd go like, oh, wow, there was a correlation. And I was like, oh, the kids who had children and their teenagers, uh, as teenagers, you know, got pregnant while they were teenagers, who dropped out of school. Who it was very telling. It was very telling. Because if you can't say no to the thing that's tempt, that Satan is tempting you with now, How are you going to enjoy the infinite thing? Believe me, beloved, Jesus is far, far better. Far better than the one cookie. He's, listen to me, he's better than the three cookies and all the milk you can drink. Jesus is better by far. But that is what Satan wants you to think. Satan wants you to think that there's only this thing in front of you, that there's only this thing that tempts you, that there's only this thing, that the only, you know how to get rid of a temptation, right? Is to give into it that's the only way to get rid of a temptation. And, and Satan would have you believe that lie. Satan would have you believe that lie, that the only way to get rid of a temptation, no, 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 that's not the only way to get rid of a temptation, that's the only way to grow a temptation, right? You never, you never have found the person who struggles with their weight, you never find them going, oh man, you know, I'm never gonna eat sweets again or I'm never gonna eat that food again. They go, they go, they get full, a few hours later they get full again. A few hours later they get hungry, they get full. What happens? Their appetite grows. Their appetite grows. Believe me, Satan wants you to, your appetite to grow. That's why he wants you to peck and taste and smell and draw unto yourself. But you're happy, you're blessed. You don't have to live with the regrets. You get to look forward to being with Jesus, Jesus gets to satisfy you. So here I am, and I'm in a marriage, and it's a loveless marriage. He doesn't meet my needs, she doesn't meet my needs. I'm, I'm in a loveless marriage, and I go, but I'm supposed to be happy. And Jesus is going, happy when you endure this and you're faithful. And he says, says, why? Because I find that fulfillment, the loneliness that I want fulfilled is fulfilled by Christ, because he loves me. That the, the one who, who died for me satisfies me. That you're not talking to me, but Jesus wants to talk to me all the time. You're not meeting my needs, but Jesus is meeting my needs all the time. You see, it's in Christ that we find. That's why we're happy, because we get the best when we fight. You would, I used to think that I was cursed when I was tempted. I'm not, I'm blessed. Because I, that means it calls up a longing inside of me that I get to go to Jesus to satisfy. Okay, let's keep moving. Verse 13, when tempted, so, okay, so uh, uh, what I'm showing, now I want to show you a pitfall, a pitfall that we can fall into in temptation. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me! For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Listen to me. The fact is, is that when you and I are tempted, we have a tendency of pointing the finger. This is a pitfall. And the 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 place that we point to most commonly is, God, this is your fault. We have ways in American culture to say this. We say things like, well, God made me this way. If God made me and he made me this way, then of course I can give in to that sin. I was born like this. Oh, well, it was in my culture. This is all I know. Listen to me. When you find yourself... Saying that, well, I'll never get rid of this. This is all, yo, I've been doing this. I'll never be free from this. Listen to me. When you do that, you're saying, God, this is your fault. You can't liberate me. You can't free me from this. And you're wrong. Don't say it. James says, don't say that. Don't say that. Because what Satan does is he takes a God-given gift and he manipulates it so that you use it in a God-forbidden way. So what does he do? He gives the desire to be in a relationship, and he manipulates it. And now you want to be in this God-forbidden relationship. Everybody else says it's okay, but God says, no, 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 that's not okay. That's not the way I created you. That's not the way I made you. I didn't want you, I didn't want you to partake in that. And you go, oh, no, 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 but this is how God made me. And it, No, 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 James says, don't say that. Don't say that. You're wrong. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Do you see that? See, there is a finger that we need to point, but the fact is, it's to ourselves. Do you see it here? He says, but each person is tempted. When are they tempted? Here's when they're tempted. When they're dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Remember last... Uh, last week, when we talk, or maybe two weeks ago, when we were talking about temptation, about Adam and Eve, and we were watching uh, the rhythms and how Satan does it. And he says, first Eve saw, then she desired, then she delighted in, then she took it. You know that's exactly the same way it works for you and me. First, we see, wow, that's beautiful. I would love to have that. Then we desire, oh man, wouldn't that be great? Then we delight in, boy, if I could, and then we let the fantasies roll all around. Then we take. You see. Satan wants to do the same thing for each one of us. And he says, we're dragged away by our own evil desires and enticed. Now He goes on and he says, after that happens, then after desire has conceived, so desire has a kid. And that kid is called sin. You see that? Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. Then, and sin, when it is full grown, sin has a kid. And that kid is called death. So desire has a kid called sin, Sin has a kid called death. So here's what happens. You and I, we're we're at work, and, you know, we're having a tough time with our spouse, or maybe we're feeling lonely, maybe we're single. And then a person uh, comes up to you and says, man, you're still single? Oh, man. If, you know, boy, I'd love a chance to connect with you. Or if you're married, he says, is that the way your husband treats you? Man, if I had someone like you, I would never treat you that way, right? <laughs> and so and so what happens is, is that there you are. Because you want to be loved. That's the desire. The desire is not him, he's the tool that you're using. He's the, he's the drug that you're gonna inject. You see, what you really want is to be desired, to be loved, to be thought of as beautiful. And so when that desire, I was like, oh, well, maybe we can go off for lunch. And then lunch turns into dirty talk. And then dirty talk turns into flirt- more flirtation. And then you make that date. You say, on such and such a day, we'll tell, I'll tell my spouse we're working late. You tell your spouse we're working late. Let's do this. And then it gives birth to that sin. Now you come home and nothing that your spouse does is right. You know why? Because you're comparing this person's highlight reels with that person's backstage pass. You're, per- you're comparing, see, fantasies, let me tell you something. Fantasies, they're not real. Fantasies don't have morning breath. Fantasies don't have, listen, fantasies don't tell you what it's going to be like. See, they don't, you don't have a relationship with them where you have to worry about bills and kids and the stresses and all that other stuff. With, it's a fantasy. It's fake. But your spouse at home can't compare. So it's giving birth to sin. Now, after a few months of that, you're in love. God has given you this person. And so you turn and you look into your, so you go, oh, there's your backstage pass stuff. I don't like it anymore. I'm leaving. That's it. And they're like, what are you doing? You look at the, think of the kids. Do, you know. And you're like, no, I got to be happy. What about me? I, I don't, I, I can't think of the kids now. What, when am I going to be happy? When am I going to be fulfilled? And then you go and you're with that person. Death. Do you see that? Yeah. Desire gave birth to sin. We got together. Now it gave birth to death. Now those kids cry themselves asleep wondering where's mom and what they did wrong. Where's dad what they did wrong. By by the way, I'm explaining some of your stories. Some of you have a a real pain in the background because dad couldn't keep it in his pants. So you look at that and you go, and then there's this death. This death. And then, of course, what happens? That thing dies too. Because here's what I know, here's what I know. You are super sexy when you're the girl on the side. Super sexy. But what happens when the girl on the side becomes the little missus at home? She starts to wonder, who's the girl on the side now? Because I used to be the girl on the side, and she used to be the little missus at home. But now I'm the missus at home. So what happens? 15 phone calls a day because he can't be trusted. Of course, neither can you. And so he can't be trusted. You see how this birth to death, do you see how this kind of keeps on going? But watch this, it's not just lovers, it's ice cream. Right? And so you have the ice cream and oh man, I can do this for every illustration and every temptation that you go to. But the point is, is you think that this will satisfy you. This will make you feel better. This will give you what you really, really want. Whether it's a lover, or an ice cream, or a or or a position at work, or finances in the bank, or whatever it is. It's something that's not Jesus that will satisfy you. And Jesus is going, it's mud. You're too easily satisfied. I have something far better for you. Myself, Jesus would say. But each person is is tempted when they are dragged by their own evil desires and they're enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death, just like we described don't be deceived, verse 16. Here's the truth. Don't be deceived. See, what Satan wants us to do is he wants us to walk around and he wants us to go, oh, you know what will make me happy? You know what will make me happy? The next meal. That's the thing. And Satan goes, oh, yeah. Oh, man. I can't wait. It's going to be on. On and pop. And then he goes, you know what? You know what, I re- you, know what you really need? You need your father's approval. That's, you know, you'd just be happy if mom finally said, I'm proud of you. That's what you need. You know, and you can't receive that, right? So, you know, you, you, you can't be whole, right? And Jesus goes, no, 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 don't you understand? I make you whole. I've approved. I've loved you well. You were unapprovable, and so I died for you, washing you with my blood, which therefore makes you approved by me. If you don't believe me, believe the guy who died for you, Right? And he goes, no, 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 I can't be happy unless I'm approved. So, oh, mom, if you could only love me. Temptation. Oh, you know, if I could only get that house, if I could only get that thing, if I could only get that car, that material wealth, if I hang out with my friends and I use what they use, oh, if I only had that money. You know what would make me happy? If I had that money. And then when I say, you know, um, oh, man, money won't make you happy, you go, I don't know, I'd like to try that. Um, I'd like to test the theory. I'm not sure I believe you. But I'll tell you the truth. I'll tell you the truth. Honestly speaking, honestly speaking, if you're on welfare, you're in like the top 6% wealthiest people in the world. You're already rich, and it ain't make you happy. No, 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 I'm not kidding. Check the statistics. Over 90% of the people in the world have no idea what it's like to have indoor plumbing. If if your pipes are leaking on your faucet, that's rich people problems. I need you to know that. That's rich people problems. If you came here today and you said, I wonder what I should wear. What shoes go with this dress? What shirt goes with these pants? If If that thought even entered your mind, you actually have a choice. That's rich people problems. I know this won't work because you're already rich. You're already rich. But Satan would like for you to walk around being completely distracted, never ever knowing that there is something that satisfies far more than what Satan can offer. Jesus will fill you. Jesus satisfies. Jesus fills to the brim. And that's why he says in verse 16, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. What is he saying? He's saying, listen, beloved, here's the thing. You think Susie is going to satisfy you, and then you have Susie, and all of a sudden, three years later, she don't satisfy you. So you got to find Jan. Now Jan will satisfy you. And then all of a sudden, Jan, four years later, oh, man. She doesn't satisfy. You see, you're like shifting, shifting sands, shifting shadows. God is not like that. You know what? If God satisfied me today to the brim, he has so much that he could satisfy. God never runs out. And if, and watch this, and you were satisfied today to the brim, and you think, oh my goodness, I just have such a joy in my heart. Jesus is my pleasure, He's my joy, He's the basis for my identity. You look at Jesus and you see in Him everything that you need, and then tomorrow you wake up and He still has more to give you. And you're like, oh my goodness, too much. Can you taper it down a little bit? Because I can't take all the joy that you're giving. And he goes, too late. I already sent some more blessing, and it's already more joy in your heart. And you go, oh, but I feel like I'm overflowing with joy. i got to share this with someone else It says, good idea. Go right ahead and share it with someone else. And now both of you are overflowing in joy in Christ because he gives to overflowing, but you know what? He has more to give still. Because Jesus gives himself and he never runs dry. <laughs> never runs dry. He chose to give us this birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Listen, our joy, our identity, our beauty, our satisfaction is found in Jesus. But whatever you experience now, it's like a down payment. I just recently experienced what this is like. I I just uh, recently, um, through God's grace, um, he moved in this church and in churches all around the United States to uh, give me the kind of finances where I could put a down payment for a house, right? Because I lost, yeah, it was great. It was great. Thanks to you guys and churches, you know, and you guys remember I lost my house with Sandy and so I was homeless for eight months and that whole thing, and that's what moved everybody and God used that tragedy um, to bring about a great joy. Here's the point, and now I live in Bed-Stuy. I never thought I'd live in Bed-Stuy, right? I'm a Bed-Stuy (laughs) now. Crazy. But I never thought I would live in Bed-Stuy because I was afraid of Bed-Stuy. Bed-Stuy was a bad neighborhood growing up. And so, yeah. All right. So I was, it was funny. I just came out of a meeting uh, the other day, and I hope you make meetings. If you're a 12-stepper, I hope you make meetings, and I hope you share the love of Jesus with other people. And, well, I was in a meeting, and so I'm telling them, and they go, "Oh, so where do you live?" And they're from Bed and they go, they, where, "Where do you live?" I said, "Oh, yeah, you know, I live on McDonough between, you know, um, uh, what is it, Howard? Is it Howard, right? Howard and Saratoga, and uh, and they said, they said, "Oh, that's the bad side." And I was like, "How are you gonna say that?" That's the bad side. That's where I live. Bad side. Bad side. So, so here's the deal. Here's the point. Here's the point. That had nothing to do with the sermon. The point is this. The point is, is that I put a down payment on the house, and I get to enjoy the house, even though it's not fully mine. I get to enjoy every bit of that plumbing. I get to enjoy every bit of that roof. I get to enjoy every bit of that electrical work. I get to, it, it, you see, living at 687 McDonough doesn't begin when I fully pay the house off. If it did, I might die before then. Living at McDonough comes. And the Bible says, God put the down payment. God said, The Bible says, God put the down payment. And you are the first fruits of that. And so now you get to enjoy him. But there's going to be a day when you're going to know even as you're known. Like any joy that you could possibly have, you're like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm overflowing with joy. God says that's just the very bottom of the barrel. Joy in him for all time is going to be. And he, you can start experiencing it right now. And here's how. When temptation comes, when temptation starts to come your way, and you're tempted with that thing that you want, with that thing that you think will give you all that you desire, go away. What is it that I really want from that girl? Well, what I really want from her is to get rid of my loneliness. Oh, but wait. Jesus said he would send a comforter to me, and I'm not alone, and he'll comfort me, so I'm going to sit I'm going to sit and wait on him and f- receive from him and have my loneliness destroyed by his love. I have depression, and so I, I'm, going to, I'm going to sink into melancholy. No, no, no. Jesus says that I'm not worth nothing, but I'm worth all his blood and all his life, and he gave his life for me, and so he gave me himself. Jesus, we go, oh, man, you know what? I'm going to do this. Sinful thing, so I could get more money, and Jesus goes, no, 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 no. I provided for you salvation from sin. I provided for you an awesome beat that you could dance to, um, and everything that you would want. Awesome, awesome. Make me want to break dance. Here we go. Oh, no, nah, I can't break dance. So and so. So Jesus provides, so Jesus provides, listen to me, Jesus provides more joy than we're experiencing right now. In himself, he satisfies, and listen to me, so you can experience love overflowing, blessed, blessed are you when you don't partake in that, not because you said no, but because you found something more beautiful, because you didn't drink the beer, not because you were going to not drink the beer, but because you found something. Jesus says, I'll give you water that you'll never thirst again. Not because you didn't find it in the lover, but Jesus says, I'll love you on the deep parts, and I'll fulfill your loneliness, and I'll give you your beauty, your worth, and your dignity. Not because the food, but because Jesus is the sustenance that you need each day. We win when temptation comes, when we don't say no to temptation, but find something more, find a more beautiful yes. In Christ, let's pray. Lord, we've we think of our own sin and the things that have had us, Lord. there's no way in our own strength we could say no to those things. So we ask, oh God, would you help us to spend enough time with you to find that you are the delight, that you are the brass ring, that you are your own happy ending and ours, that you are, Jesus, that you are the reward for following Jesus. Lord, would you make that a reality? Would you sink that deeper into our hearts? Would you help us to know that it's not in saying no to our temptations that will eventually give us victory, but it's in having a greater yes to say to you. So Lord, give us that bigger yes. When they call this week, give us that bigger yes. When we open up the refrigerator, Lord, give us that bigger yes. When the depression sets in, give us that bigger yes. When they walk on by and they give us that wink, Lord, give us a bigger yes. When we're tempted to do sin, give us the bigger yes in Christ. For it's only in your satisfaction, that we can find any joy at all. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.